It is a Saturday morning in CCO land. Time once again for a wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi, Denny. How are things? Things are great. I'm looking at that forecast. It is going to be a gorgeous day. Indeed. And what I thought I would chat about today is wine to have on a gorgeous day like today. One of my favorite wines, and it's actually a go-to wine in our house, is uh, to have on a gorgeous day like today. One of my favorite wines, and it's actually a go-to wine in our house, is a Little Cote de Rhone. Now, the Cote de Rhone is a remarkably huge valley from Vienne in the north down to Avignon in the south, and it comprises the great wine Chateauneuf de Pop, which is House of the New Pope, because in the 1300s there was a schism in the Catholic Church and a half of the Vatican or the papal court moved to uh, Avignon, France, and the other half stayed in Rome, and then eventually they recognized the French one. And anyhow, it gave the area the name uh, Chateauneuf-du-Pape, House of the New Pope, and the wine of Chateauneuf-du-Pape is absolutely wonderful. But uh, today we're going to talk basically about the simple little Cote de Rhone's that are so popular. Um, it is the largest well, close to the largest Appalachian in the entire world of a single thing. The Cote de are made in that whole big area, and there's, you know, about 170,000 acres planted all over that area uh, devoted to Cote de Cote de is the lowest quality uh, of wine. It's almost like saying I'm going to make a, a table wine if you had a great house in Chateauneuf de Pop and some of the younger vines or something, you might sell those as Cote de So there's great bargains to be had in Cote de and there's great names you can look for who uh, are vignerons in the area, Gigal, Chapoutier, De La Frere, Chapoutier, uh, are just a few of the ones, Perrin, who make wonderful, wonderful wines that are world-recognized. They also make a little Cote de and Cote is one of those bargain wines that uh, it, you're hard-pressed to really spend over $20 on a bottle of Cote uh, You can get pretty good ones for 10 to $12 a bottle. And believe me, they are delicious. As I say, they're my go-to wine. And this time of year when there's a little bit of nip in the air, etc., the Appalachian Cote de Rhone uh, is kind of a little more adaptable to the nip in the air than a lot of other wines. And in the Cote Rhone, they make wonderful white wines. They make rosé that's very, very good. In fact, I think the rosés of the Cote Rhone rival the ones of Provence, which are many people consider the best in the world. I think uh, the Rhone produces rosés that rival some of that. And then, of course, they produce white wine, which is an unusual wine, and if you're looking for something besides Chardonnay, a Cote de Rhone Blanc is oftentimes a very nice filler. It isn't as big and bold as Chardonnay, but it's a good wine, and it blends so nicely with so many dishes. Uh, in the Cote de Rhone, Grenache is king. You know, they have lots of grape types in the Cote de Rhone, mainly Syrah and Grenache. Syrah is the principal grape type of the northern Cote de Rhone up in Hermitage and those areas there. Uh, when you look at the southern Cote de Rhone, it's all Hermitage or all Grenache, and they make Grenache both a 
noir and a blanc. So they make a red Grenache and a white Grenache, and they're two different grape types. And uh, the, the white Grenache, of course, produces uh, the white Cote de Rhone, and the Grenache Noir produces the red Cote de Rhone. And usually you can put blend a little bit of Syrah in there, give it a little body. And no, you, very, very seldom in a Cote de Rhone are you going to get more than 10 15% Syrah. It's mainly Grenache. And the area, of course, has a noble history, as I alluded to the fact that the popes were there uh, and brought with them their big courts that rivaled the courts of Europe at the time uh, for all the people and the money and all this other stuff. And, of course, they loved the Côte de Rhone. So that that, uh, area became popular, but it was even more popular before that. It was popular in Roman times. In fact, there's a romantic city in uh, the Rhone Valley, which is kind of nice, back in the late 1800s, a local businessman who had a little bit of money uh, went and bought from the Italian St. Valentine's Bones and installed them in a place, so it's called the City of Lovers, and a lot of people in France still go there on honeymoons, and it's right in the middle of the Rhone Valley. But anyhow, the history there is very noble. As I say, the Romans the uh, Phoenicians really started it, and then the Romans continued it, planting wine there. And the weather is pretty nice. I mean, very mild winters, uh, hot summers, but tempered by the Mistral winds, etc. And it's right along the Rhone River, uh, as so many vineyards are throughout the world, near some famous river. Anyhow, they had the first set of regulations for producing wine in all of France. In fact, maybe in in all of the world. Uh, It was uh, very early on that they did that. And, you know, the real regulatory stuff on wines didn't come in until the uh, early 20th century, uh, where they actually had rules they had to follow in the Department of Agriculture throughout uh, Europe, uh, at least, uh, began to regulate the production of wine. Uh, everybody assumed, you know, wine was just a normal thing. It was like growing corn or tomatoes, something like that. If you made wine, so be it. There were very few regulations. Now, of course, they're saddled with lots of regulations, and most of them are for the good and for the good of consumers. They protect you as a consumer. But the wines of Cote de Rhone really are remarkable. Uh, they they just are lovely little wines. As I said, they're never very expensive. Uh, There's good variety. As I said, you can get a red, white, or rosé. They're all priced about the same, and they're delicious. And and, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you can always look for uh, the name of a grower that you're familiar with, uh, like Perrin or uh, Oriol or anybody like that. And most of the Chateau Neuf de Pops, if you've got one of your favorite, will generally make a little Cote Rhone. And I'd advise you to try those because they're, they represent real good bargains, and the wine is really good. And, uh, in fact, the whole area is so good that rarely, it reminds me a little bit of California, it, they have temperature variances, and, of course, that means vintage variances. But the vintages, uh, you're very, very unlikely to get a real bad vintage. <clears throat> That's sort of the same thing in many parts of California. It's very hard to get a 
a really bad vintage. The weather is so nice that you can usually, no matter what the conditions are, you can salvage a vintage and make pretty good wine. Well, the Cote de Rhone is sort of that same way. Uh, the weather is mild and not extremely variable, so you can get these little Cote de Rhones, uh that are modestly priced and will go with so many different foods. Uh, that's what I love mostly about Cote de As I say, it's kind of my go-to wine. And if we're having something like chicken in a pan where you're cooking chicken thighs with some vegetables and that and popping it in the oven, and it's a very simple dish, well, a little simple Cote de would go just about perfectly with that simple little dish. Uh, say you're grilling burgers and you're looking for a wine uh, that'll not break the bank, <clears throat> and will enhance the burger, and you'll enjoy. Try a little Cote de Rhone. You'll be very, very pleased with it because they're simply good wine at affordable prices. And you can say that, and I can't say this about many things, but you can certainly say it about Cote de Rhone almost sweepingly. It's very, very hard to find a really bad Cote de Rhone. Oh, believe me, it can be done. And without a lot of tremendous looking, you can find ones that aren't up to snuff. But generally, the Cote de Rhone's are uh, very, very solid and well-made. And the commercial aspects of it is just incredible. There's so many cooperatives there that really grow. and or They don't grow a cooperative. Uh, some of them do. But they really produce a wine that is modestly priced and uh, will please not only your palate, but your pocketbook. Uh, I have friends there in the Rhone Valley that produce just remarkable wines, and the wines are $10, as I said earlier, it's very hard to find a Cote de Rhone that's over $20. Oh, you can. I mean, there's some out there, believe me. But uh, the other, there's such good values. and it, it makes for an everyday drinking wine that you don't have to fuss about. Uh, you know, unlike if you're having a Chateauneuf to pop, that's pretty special wine generally. And as a matter of fact, I had one the other night just to show you how remarkable Chateauneuf to pops are. Was a very insignificant grower, and I looked at the label and it was uh, 96, so it was 26 years old. I thought, my, this might be over the hill. I opened it up, and what a wonderful surprise. That Chateauneuf de Pop was absolutely glorious. It was a wonder, I had it with a little cassoulette, which is a French stew with white beans. And that Chateauneuf de Pop and that cassoulette went together so perfectly. It, it really was a marriage made in heaven. And the Chateauneuf de Pop was absolutely delicious. I looked at the price. Of course, bear in mind that it was 20-some years ago that it was purchase, it was only $18 a bottle. And that, that's something. You really can't get many bottles of wine, even at Chateauneuf de Pop prices today that are $20, $30, $40 a bottle, that'll age well. Most Chateauneuf de Pops take bottle age just beautifully. But anyhow, because of the long summer and mild winter, uh, the vintage isn't that important in a Cote de Rhone. Uh, if you get a good one, uh, stick to the name on the label of who that producer is because you'll want to go back to it because it doesn't really change that much. Uh, the Cote de Rhone is a, 
vastly, vastly undervalued area. And it's one of the few bargain areas of France today. You know, with Burgundy's going up so much in price today, it's unbelievable. And Bordeaux's have already gone up and been up for in the stratosphere for the last five or six years. It's a very refreshing thing to be able to find a bottle of wine that's really, really good and not very expensive. And that's something you can do in, in the Cote de Rhone all the time. And, and for, the, for no other reason, you ought to try that. And like I said, it's, it's a better wine at this time of year than it is in the hot summer because there's some body to those Grenaches that are in uh, Cote de Rhone, the Grenache being the grape type. And you won't be disappointed. Uh, the wine is delicious. It's affordable and goes with so many different things. So do yourself a favor. Try and get a bottle of Cote de whether you like Beaujolais or Cabernet or Zinfandel, etc. You want that Cote de in your repertoire. It goes very, very well with so many different dishes, and you'll be pleased to have it and try it, and you'll have a new favorite, I guarantee it, because the wine is quite simply uh, delicious, and it's so approachable. Unlike a lot of wines that are big and steely and kind of almost too metally in your mouth, if you will, the Cote de are soft and easy, almost like a young Beaujolais, except they've got a lot more body than Beaujolais. It's a wonderful wine to look for, Appellation Cote de And it's simple, like you say, it's the bottom of the thing. It's almost like Von de Tab. But they do have Cote de from special villages and things like that. Uh, it's always good to look for Cote de village because usually that has one more degree of alcohol than straight Cote de And so you look for that village on the end of the Appalachian because that extra degree of alcohol gives it keeping power and strength. And I know exactly where you can find it, of course, at Haskell's. Indeed, Denny. The folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. They love to marry wine and food. And best of all, they'll put you in touch with a wine to go with your food that will not cost very much. And by the by, today is nearing the end of Haskell's famous fall sale. We have over 50 wines that are BOGOs. That is, buy one, get the second one absolutely free. And there's a selection of 50 that there's sure to be something in there to please every palate. And today and tomorrow are the last two days of that wonderful fall sale. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save a lot of money on wine. There's Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior, Haskell's in Faribault, right off of 35. Our Maple Grove Super Cellar is not to be missed. 22,000 square feet of wines from around the world. In Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Island Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, we do deliver. Fantastic, Jack. Let's talk again next week. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.